Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Unbreakable. I am Elle. And I'm Kay. And today we will be doing an introduction um, to ourselves and to kind of give you an idea of why we're here and why we have, um, why we started this podcast. Yeah, because not everybody wants to be a part of the chronic illness community. <laughs> exactly. No, we don't really sign up for, oh, me, yeah, you know, pick me, pick me, please, God. Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, no, no, no we don't. <laughs> So, um, but I know with you, um, Elle, there was a situation when you were born where you started to lose your hearing. You weren't born deaf, though, right? No, I was actually born completely deaf. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so- I shouldn't say completely deaf because obviously I can hear you. But I mean, I was born deaf um, with a condition. Uh, I know there's a new terminology for it right now, but what I know it as was nerve deafness. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> which is basically where the nerves that you hear with are severed. So that's where you get some of the sound, but not all of the sound, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah, okay. Um, so because of that, um, nobody knew I was deaf, born deaf. Nobody had any clue until I was about two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, thankfully, by the age of four, uh, I had my first set of hearing aids. So what happened when you were two that tipped everybody off that something was wrong? Well, um, there was a couple of things. One was I almost got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were, like, running for me, screaming for me, you know, everything. And, you know, I was, I was not to be whatever, but I was a good kid. If my parents told me to stop, I would stop, you know. Right. So mm-hmm. that was a big red flag for them. And then also... My mom's in the kitchen, and she's got a bunch of, you know, pans and stuff, and she accidentally dropped a bunch of them, and I didn't flinch, I didn't turn, and it it was like I didn't even hear it. Wow. You know, it was kind of just like random background noise or whatever, so Mm -hmm. um, that was when they started noticing, like, she's not hearing us call her when, if we're behind her, or, you know. Mm -hmm. So they knew something was wrong. And actually, they took me to one of the first, um, I don't know, ear, nose, and throat doctor, I guess it was right. at the time. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, he was this old man. And like I said, I was only like between two and three years old, somewhere in there, that you know. And mm-hmm. this old man, and I will never forget this as long as I live, we walked into this his doctor's office and it was so freaky scary to me as a little Mm -hmm. kid because he made me sit in like this old wooden chair that looked like from medieval something (laughs) like haunted (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah um but uh he actually um he checked my ears and then one of the things he did was is he took um uh, it's similar to when you go to the dentist, shoots out water, it's just yeah. slightly different. Yeah. Um, and he sh- shot ice cold water into both sides of my ear, in both uh, ears. That, and I yeah. was just crying, like it was so painful. Mm-hmm. Mm, and um, then on top of that, he has the audacity to tell my parents there's nothing wrong with her, she just needs some good spankings. Oh my God! You're kidding me. Not even my wow. da- my dad was ready to knock him 
quotes. Uh-huh, I bet. My, mo- my mom had to hold him back. She's like, no, you're not going to jail with this. <laughs> oh, my word. But yeah, he was he was ready to throw down. And my dad is not that kind of a person. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so it's that's why it took as long as it did, you know, to find somebody who was legitimately like you can't see it because it's not visible to your eye. You have to test, you know. Which is like chronic illness, like everybody who has it has probably been through this where it took, you know, the average of five years to have anybody even believe that something's wrong with you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, in the, you know, I'm dating myself, but hey, back in my day, yeah, we didn't have all the technology, you know, so it's right. like, it took a lot, lot longer. So I was finally able to get my hearing aids at age and mm-hmm. changed my life so much. What was it like when you first got your, your hearing aids? Um, like, what could you hear that you couldn't hear before? Oh, it was, I'm smiling right now. It just, like a memory you just don't ever forget. Um, so one of the first sounds that I had never heard before, we were driving home from the hospital, and <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I uh, it was raining, mm-hmm. and I asked my parents, I said, "What's that noise?" And they turned off the radio, you know, and they're talking, like, and. They both like looked at each other like, "Oh my word!" I I could still see the expression on their faces, and they go, "Do you mean the rain?" <laughs> wow! And I'm like, and 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 I just big smile on my face. I'm like, "That's rain!" <laughs> you know? And then um, later that day, it stopped raining. We got home, of course, and uh, I had a swing set in the backyard, and um, as everybody did back then, you know, right. and um. So we're in the backyard, and my mom's pushing me on the swing set, and all of a sudden they go, what's that? And she's just, like... Trying to figure out what you're talking about. Yeah. So she's taking her, she's going, you know, and she, oh my gosh, she goes, those are birds, honey. Those are birds. They're up in the trees, the birds. And I'm like, those are birds. They're so pretty. I could you know, only imagine. Yeah. You know, of course, oh, my wow. parents are like crying the whole day. Cause it's mm-hmm. just, you know, and then um, my mom said then to finally, before I took my nap that afternoon, um, she said, I got on my little knee and, and also uh, beside the sofa and just thank Jesus so much that I could hear the birds in the rain and my mom's oh. voice. And yeah. Yeah, That's sweet. So. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, so you got your hearing, which I'm sure changed your life tremendously. Absolutely. And then later on, as you got older, you started to lose your sight, right? <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm. So um, what was that like? What happened there? Well, the first time, again, they, nobody believed me, but. Uh, the first signs I had, I was 16 years old. I had just started driving, and I'm noticing, like, I'm seeing spots that aren't there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyway, I, you know, I get checked out and stuff, and they're like, basically what you're, you're describing to us is floaters, and there's no way a 16-year-old <laughs> girl can have floaters. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> yeah. So... You know, I'm ticked off because, mm-hmm. but this is what it is, you know. 
Yeah. yeah. One doctor actually told uh, my my parents that you know I was only doing this to get attention. She just wants to get a pair of glasses. You know all this. You know, I, because every sixteen year old wants to wear glasses. Exactly. <laughs> you just look so glamorous. You know. Uh, right. Right. Uh, and um, so anyway, it took until the age of twenty-two. Oh wow, that's a long time. To, yeah, to finally be diagnosed with what is called retinitis pigmentosa. Or RP for short. Mm-hmm. And um, that is basically, has to do with the retina and basically your your eyes, it, it basically becomes to the point where you have no peripheral vision. Right. Um, and um, very cloudy, you actually get cataracts. I've had, I have cataracts already. I've actually had cataract surgery already. Oh my goodness! You're so right. young for that. Yeah, you're so young for that. <laughs> um, but when it comes, you know, when it comes to retinitis pigmentosa, it doesn't matter what age you are. It's just that's how it is. Right. Um. But here's the thing: <laughs> mm-hmm. when I found out that I had ret- when I started getting treated for the RP, mm-hmm. um, I-, I had to switch doctors. So I switched doctors, and that doctor, when he found out about my vi- my hearing. I he he was like you have Usher syndrome, mm-hmm. and I'm what are you talking about? And, he, and so he gave me all the paperwork and everything here, which is extremely rare, right? That's not yeah. He gave me all the paperwork, and according to the paperwork, it's so rare. My parents could have had four kids, and I still would have been the only one to have it. Right? Wow. So wow. it's that extremely rare in in the entire world. You know, and yet just, that so. it took that one doctor all those years to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they had just you know taken the time to listen to me instead of just yeah, you're too young, you know. Mm-hmm. But hey, anybody with chronic conditions can relate to that, you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. so when they when they figured out you had Usher syndrome, what? What was the treatment? What was the outlook, the prognosis? Like, what did they tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not much you can do for, for the vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the hearing, obviously hearing aids and that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, right now, you know, there is no, you know, they're trying to work on a cure. Right. Uh, like, a, you know, the gene, I'm sorry, genetic, uh, genetic therapy, is that the yeah. word? Yeah, therapy. Yeah. So, yeah. thank you. Um, so, yeah, that would be where, that would be about the only way. Mm-hmm. Because it's basically the Usher syndrome, it basically is like a, an on and off switch in that particular gene. So, instead right. of it being on, it's off. Right. And so, once they're able to just flip that switch, you know, we'll yeah, be able to... Yeah, it's it's bizarre because people are like, well, why can't you just get an eye can eye transplant? I mean, because it's in my genetic codes. You could put, mm-hmm. you know, you could put. It, it wouldn't matter though. They could be pretty functioning right. eyes, and as soon as they go mm-hmm. into me, that's what my genes are going to tell it to do. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like I know this is completely different, but my father had um, liver disease, but it was based, it was based on a disease that he had. So he could have gotten a transplant. It wouldn't matter. The same thing would have happened. So 
Um, yeah, I, I understand that because certain diseases, they will. They'll just attack certain things, certain systems, certain organs in your body, and there's nothing you can do about it until right. the disease is cured. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't you tell me before that um, you can only see certain colors? Like, doesn't it take away, like, certain color? Like, it's hard for you to recognize? Oh, well, yeah, certain like certain shades of colors, certain... Um, like, one of my favorite colors is yellow, but mm-hmm. certain shades of it, it's like, nope, can't see it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, one of my other favorite colors, um, further down the list now, is red, but it's come to the point where it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't look the same anymore, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, and it's progressively yeah. gotten worse, like, through the years? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. no getting, there's no getting better. Uh, there's no getting better. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you just have to get your, you know, get eye exams every one, you know, one year to six months, depending on, you know, what your doctor says. That's all they can do is monitor it. Now, is it a situation where, and I know it's probably different for people who have Usher syndrome, but is there a possibility for somebody with this to completely go blind and deaf at some point in their lives? Yes. That must be scary to be thinking about the possibility. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. what, what, are they, what are they saying for you? Like, what do they think will happen with you? Um, they're very happy that my, you know, with, with the lack of progress, you know, right. like it's not like super speed or, you know. Right. Um, that's good. So that's that, good. you know, that's the best you can hope for. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, peripheral vision, you know, peripheral vision, there's just nothing you can do about that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so as that fades, you know, you just have to adapt. So I guess my next question would be if they were to somehow cure the disease, would everything reverse or would you be stuck with like the damage that's already been done? Do, you, do they know? Could you repeat that? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Um, would they be, it would like the damage that's already been done. Like you can't see your peripheral vision. You have right. like, would that be reversed if they could actually cure the disease or would you be stuck with that? Do you know? Well, from what I understand, it would reverse it then. That would because, be awesome. Yeah. You wow. know, the only thing that they can do right now is to help with the cataracts. Really. Right. Right. You know, so, uh, I'm, you know, uh, other than that, <laughs> so I but would that's, think that's like hopeful. So if yes. we could bring awareness to the disease and they could actually f- find a cure, wow, that would be huge for people like you who could, you know, <laughs> get their vision and their hearing back. Or do, is the hearing affected by that too? Is that why you lost your hearing? Yeah, yeah, they're oh, both okay. connected. They're both connected to wow. the same gene. Yep, that would be so amazing. It, it really would. I'm like, oh my gosh, to be able to he- like actually hear with that. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I, know, even imagine. I know. I couldn't imagine either. I couldn't imagine having those limitations. It's got to be really hard. Yeah. And then on top of all that, <laughs> yes. Then you got fibromyalgia too at some point, right? Absolutely. So when did that happen? How did uh, you figure that, that started, out? That started. That um, started when I was 11 years old. Oh wow. Yeah. 
How did you yeah. like put it together? Like what started happening? What were the symptoms that you started with? Um, so. Were you getting like 11, muscle aches or like what was happening? Well, okay. So when I was 11, when it like officially the first that we knew something was wrong, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, I, we were driving home and I was laying in the back seat. It was like dark but it wasn't late but I was laying in the back seat and all I remember was I did not feel good like all of a sudden I just did not feel good I was freezing cold from head to toe but my mom was looked back and she's like I'm white as a sheet I'm sweating profusely but I'm freezing oh wow so no (laughs) so we got home and she you know she's a CNA so she takes my temperature. It's 103 and crawling. Yeah. So we got into the car. Anyway, long story short, um, they take my appendix out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't need it to be taken out. They just, that was the only thing that they could think of that caused it. Oh, wow. So then That's... they did a whole, con- you know, a whole bunch of tests and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it must be something viral. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. They were like, she's okay in three days. Just, you know, she goes. Right. So, um, so they then, always say it's viral if they don't know what's going right. on. So, uh, it took, let's see, it took, uh, I think I was, excuse me. It's okay. Eight, 18. Mm-hmm. When I was 18, when I was finally diagnosed. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Were you diagnosed with um, chronic fatigue syndrome at the same time, or was that yeah, later? Yeah, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. He, yeah. This doctor was one of the four, one of the front runners, one of the first doctors that like actually realized that this is a this is something that exists in people. Yeah, you know, no, because like for a long time they were like there was doctors that were like that chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, that doesn't happen, and even fibromyalgia, people still to this yeah. day. They just say, laugh oh, at you. Yeah. They say that when they don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know? Right. right. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely insulting to those of us who actually have it because it's you live one day in my life and tell me it's not because Exactly. Know? Oh, I know. It's it's really insulting and, and sad. Mm-hmm. So his um I want to give tribute to him because I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but I just love him. Um his name was uh, Dr. Nelson Gantz. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact he saved and helped so many people, and I'm so grateful I was one of them. That so. that is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> it's hard so. to find those doctors, and of course we're all looking for those doctors. But oh my gosh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're diamonds in the rough, really. Mm-hmm. And they're really hard to find. And unless you have like a community that you belong to, which none of us do, and we're looking for these doctors. <laughs> yeah. How would you know? You know, th- there's exactly. nobody to tell you um, who to go to. So that, right. Right. now that there's more awareness, hopefully yeah. that will change, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. That's all um, right. I was just going to say, what about you? We've been talking to me, I, talking about <laughs> me this whole time. Good Lord. <laughs> well, okay. So for me, um, I was pretty healthy, I think, growing up until um, I started to get, like, tired all the time. And I had struggled with my weight. Um, 
And of course, when you're, you know, and you have growing pains and you're fine and you, mm-hmm. you, you just, you're tired because you don't go to sleep when you're supposed to, you know, stupid stuff like that. Right. But eventually I, the first thing I actually got diagnosed with was thyroid disease. So, um, oh. mm-hmm. so I have what's called Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. So, um, from what I've learned since then, it usually shows up as hypothyroid. So it means your thyroid's not running as fast as it needs to basically. So, okay. Um, you know, you have like weight gain and you're tired all the time and, um, it can make your joints hurt. It can make your, your hair not, not grow right. Your nails will be brittle, like all kinds of stuff like that. You're cold. Like I lived up, um, North in the middle of like blizzard season. I was like, it felt painful to feel the cold on my skin. Like it was Mm. that bad. Um, and everybody, everybody of course thought I was being dramatic. So, (laughs) I, I, people with thyroid disease know that it hurts. <laughs> well, even people with fibromyalgia, like myself, yeah. Yeah. you know, we all have, you know, it's either cold or warm that you, that you can tolerate. And there's only one that hurts. Right. You know, yep. so yep. cold for me, it's just, ah, so I totally, mm-hmm. totally get it. Even though I don't have that particular right. condition. Right. And so like, like you said, there was a doctor that I went to eventually, um, I struggled with this until I hit like, I think around 20. Uh, um, I was really, really sick at that point though. Um, oh. I had to take a leave of absence from college, um, because I was so ill. I gained like 25 pounds in a couple weeks. So oh. everybody knew, yeah. So the doctors knew something was going on. Um, and she finally said to me, I need to check you for thyroid disease, even though you're really too young for this and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it came back positive for Hashimoto's. I don't know exactly what the tests are for that, but, um, so she was the first one. And she also said to me, you know, it's possible that you have chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, but that's really new and you know, blah, 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 blah. There's really no treatment for it. So I don't even know if I still like, I don't think I have that. I honestly believe that it's just the thyroid disease that was making me so tired because once I started taking the medication, I felt a lot better. Um, And then later in life, um, I started to get, okay, so here, okay, so here we go. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) buckle up, here we go. It's going to be bumpy. Um, (laughs) I went to, I went through a situation where, um, my thyroid was actually acting up again and it was starting to like, I was starting to gain weight and stuff. So, um, cause every so often they have to adjust your medication. So Mm -hmm. I was like, my response to that was, okay, I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to like do all this fitness stuff. And so I joined Beachbody and, um, started doing like P90X and started doing like turbo fire. Oh yeah. I was like all in. And at that point too, like after I started doing that, I started like going to the gym, which I had never done before. And, um, I started doing spin, spin bike classes. And, um, and if people knew me before they were, they were just shocked because this was not me before this, but I really dedicated myself to it. And then I started doing kickboxing and I absolutely loved that. Loved it. Loved it. Um, so once I found what I really loved, it was easy and I got really fit. I lost tons of weight. Um, I started lifting weights to build muscle and like my thyroid started to just really like pop back into, you know, gear and 
all of a sudden, though, as I'm doing this, I've been doing this for like a year. All of a sudden, I'm starting to like hurt really bad. My knees are hurting. My elbows are hurting. And I'm like, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I've injured myself. Uh, So I go to the doctor and they're like, no, you're, you're fine. You know, I don't know what's going on. Um, but keep it up. You're doing great. You know, do exercise is perfect. Uh So, um, to speed this up a little bit, um, it took me another year before I was to the point where, um, I started to gain tons of weight. So I started to double up on my workouts, um, even though it hurt really bad. I was doing it anyway. I stopped eating mm. and started doing shakes instead of food. Um, oh. I was trying so hard and nothing was working. And I started to feel sicker and sicker and sicker. And basically it was oh. like major fatigue. The joint pain was unbearable in like the wrists, the fingers, the elbows, um, my knees, my ankles. Those were like the main, main things that were hurting. How um, did you, go ahead. How did you exercise so much with the fatigue? I, I, I don't even know. I just, <laughs> I pushed myself. I really did <sighs> until I got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to take a week off and see if I feel better. And a week turned into two weeks. And you know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. couldn't do it. And then it got to the point where walking was hard for me. Like, then one day I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm cooking dinner and I'm holding like this ceramic bowl and my, I, my hands couldn't hold it anymore. And it didn't weigh a lot, but I just couldn't grip it. And I <clears throat> dropped it on the ground and it smashed. And I was like, I can't, all of a sudden I realized, Oh my God, I can't, I can't hold a laundry basket. I can't, um, all these things. So I had already seen a bunch of doctors before this and they were like, Oh, you have, metabolic disease. Oh, no, you don't. The test came back fine. Well, maybe you have PCOS. No, you don't have that. The test come back fine. Um, you know, it was always something different and people were starting to think I was full of crap. I mean, seriously, like they were like, you must be lying about this because the doctors aren't finding anything, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm falling apart, you know? Um, I gained a hundred pounds in total. Oh my gosh. I was losing my hair. Um, I, like I said, I couldn't hold the bowl. I couldn't grip anything. I couldn't, it was horrible. So by the time I made it to this doctor, oh my God, this doctor, her actually, her name was actually Dr. Wiggle and (laughs) Sarah Wiggle. And she was amazing. When I finally made it to her, she was like, you know what? You have this rash on your face. You have rash on your skin. Because the other thing is I was a sun worshiper. So I would go out in the sun all the time thinking it was going to make me feel better. And I would actually feel like I had the flu after like an hour. And I would go inside and lay down. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. And I honestly felt like I had the flu. And my skin would break out in like these patchy, uh, where it looked like white with red rims, like everywhere all over. Oh, like, my goodness. This really strange looking rash. Um. So when I finally saw her, she said, you know what? I honestly think you have lupus. And I'm like, what? Like, what the? Oh, my goodness. Like, it wasn't even on my radar, you know? Um, Right. She said, you're hitting a lot of the the mark. There's like 11. um, I'll have to we'll have to bring this up in another podcast. But there's like 11 
um, checkpoints of if you have seven of these or something like that, you're likely to have lupus. And then they don't actually have a test for lupus, but they have like markers that they can test in your blood. Um, okay. One of them was inflammation. And by the time they tested my inflammation, they had the answers as to why I was getting worse when I was exercising. Um, so, you know how, and it's funny because the doctors were like, you just need to lose weight. I was just yeah. kill these doctors, you know. Uh, um, but they were like, the doc, uh, Dr. Wiggle was like, um, your inflammation is so high and it's because you've been doing all of this stuff and it's raising your inflammation. Mm-hmm. And the higher your inflammation gets when you have lupus, of course, the sicker you're going to be. It's like this response that you know, starts off a flare, a lupus flare. Right. And it starts attacking your joints. So that's why my joints were so bad. So it was just this whole horrible reaction that was going on. And so she sent Mm. me to another doctor who was a specialist in, you know, um, he's basically a rheumatologist. Um, And he is like amazing. He got me signed up with, um, a clinical trial for Benlista, which was like the first drug that came out in 50 years for lupus that was new. Oh, wow. um, so I did that for a while, but um, insurance wouldn't let me continue it. So, you know, I went through all these treatments and stuff. There is treatments for lupus, but lupus is not curable. Um, it mm. can be, it can be fatal if you, if you are one of the people that's really unlucky where, cause it can attack your kidneys. That's like, the main um, oh. worry it can attack your lungs um but you know there's at this point like when when people were first diagnosed with lupus you'd have like a a 10 to 15 year prognosis like that's it you're you're probably going to have 10 or 15 years after we tell you that you have lupus and then you'll probably you know pass away at that point wow now they're saying you can actually live a full lifespan if you can find a treatment that works for you and if you can keep your treatment, um, re- you know, on a regular basis and take care mm. of yourself, avoid mm. all of these things that start a flare, you know, mm. blah, 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 blah. So, so, oh. so basically, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. And um, it, it was like five years before I got a diagnosis. So I can completely re- relate to your situation where doctors were saying to me that I, it was all in my head and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's horrible when doctors do that to people. It's horrible. I'm, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this that's gone through, I'm yep. sure they all are going, yeah, exactly. You know, we've been there, we've done that, you know, mm-hmm. um, you just have to find a doctor that's really willing to listen or, you know, acknowledge the fact that they don't know everything yeah, and because, refer you to somebody else, you know. Yeah, because even doctors that, like, know everything, like the good ones, mm-hmm. I mean, I had to, I, and a lot of people don't want to do this, but I had to basically sit down with my doctor. He said, listen, I know you have this disease. So what I need from you is you need to give me the opportunity to help you, but you need to realize it's not going to be immediate. We're going to have to have a partnership. It could mm-hmm. take a while. We could, it could take us a year to find the right medication. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, finally there's a doctor looking me in the eye and saying, I know what you have. 
Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know the exact treatment that's going to work for you, Mm -hmm. but if you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. And those are the doctors you want to stick with because absolutely, yeah, because they don't know everything and they've realized that, you know, and a lot of these diseases, well, yeah, (laughs) a lot of these diseases don't have a definitive treatment. So you kind of have to play a little guessing game and do a little trial and error. And it's sad to me when I see people who have things like lupus, they take the first medication that's offered and they don't, they don't tell their doctors it's not working or that they still have all these symptoms and they mm. end up in a bad situation because, these, right. you know, all these medications have side effects too. So mm-hmm. you want them to work, <laughs> you know, right. Right. why take them if they're not working? So, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what brought me into the chronic illness community was um, thyroid disease and lupus. And then um, he also told me after that, that I have, um, mixed connective tissue disease, which basically means that, um, you have a combination of like different autoimmune diseases. Um, and then they affect, they directly affect your connective tissue, which is a whole nother ball game. And I guess it's <laughs> a little bit, yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more complicated than lupus, but you know, it's basically the same idea. So it's the the treatment's the same. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's where I am. (laughs) Wow. Fun fun stuff. Yeah. I know. It's like, welcome to the chronic, uh, um, chronic illness community. It sucks, but welcome anyway. (laughs) Welcome to the family. Yeah. (laughs) It's a club you don't want to join. (laughs) Right. But anyway, Um, I hope that like, I hope that, um, doing this podcast, I know both you and I have like this goal to connect with people and to hopefully help people who are in the situation that we were in. Cause we didn't have anybody say, Hey, this is what's going on. And it's okay. If your doctors are not listening to you, it's okay to go, you know, from doctor to doctor right? or just have people that can like relate to what we're saying. And I don't know, it's always helpful to know that you're not alone. Uh, that that you took, yep, that's it. It's, it's just knowing that there's other people out there that um, are going through the same or similar or at least understand or empathetic to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it means the world to a lot of people. And that's what we want to do is help them and, you know, help all of you. No, we're here, you know, we've been there, you know, we understand and you're not, you're not alone. Right. Exactly. And um, one of the things this seems like a good time to bring it up. One of the things we want to do is um, in the comment section, um, feel free to ask us any questions you want. Um, If we don't know the answer, we'll find it. And we're hoping to do a question of the week. So we'll pick something out. Um, Otherwise, we can respond to you in the comments or, you know, we'll give you the information on how to get in touch with us in email so that you know, you know how to get in touch with us and hopefully we can answer your questions or, you know, even a topic that we could bring up in a future podcast. So definitely ask us your questions because we Mm -hmm. want to hear what they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just makes it just, you know, please, you know, I hate to have to be whatever, but just, you know, keep the questions on topic. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's okay to go a little outside of the box, but you know, right. We want to keep it pretty on topic. So absolutely. And be nice. 
Yes. Be nice, people. There's enough. There's enough hateful stuff in the world. Let's be nice. Exactly. <laughs> Please keep your comments nice, because I don't want to have to come. I don't want to have to, you know, come talk to you and be like, yo, you know, this doesn't fly. You don't want so- Elle coming to your door and having to talk. To you. <laughs> <laughs> she can be stern. Let me tell you. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and the okay, the other thing that we wanted to do is um, we would love to end with a quote to leave you all with. So right. this quote I think is so great for the first one. And it says, yes. behind, behind every chronic illness is just a person trying to find their way in the world. We want to find love and to be loved and to be happy just like you. We want to be successful and to do something that matters. We're just dealing with unwanted limitation in our hero's journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I guess we can also give you, um, we have, we're going to have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Our Facebook is at unbreakable LNK. And those are the letters LNK. On Twitter, we're at unbreakable underscore LNK. Again, the letters. At Instagram, we're LNK.unbreakable. Again, the letters LNK. And you can also reach us at Gmail at unbreakable.elle.kay. And we will have all this information in the description um, of this podcast. So you'll be able to get all of that information there. Right. Absolutely. And so, yes. there, yeah. Don't hesitate. You know, reach out. We want to hear from you. Um, and we look forward to talking to you guys again in the second one. And I think that wraps up our first podcast. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Talk to you next time.